Welcome back to the Craps Jackpot Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Zurich. It is 9.23, and apologies for skipping the podcast last week. I, I got contacted by each and every one of you in dire anticipation that there was going to be a podcast. Unfortunately, I fell ill. Uh, you can probably still hear it a little bit in my voice. That's what happens when you've got two kids stuck in daycare. So um, This week, we're going to go through... Last week's results, we're also going to go through the matchups this week and then looking forward to uh, next week, uh, maybe some bold prediction stuff. Uh, let's hop right into last week's matchups and wins here. There was a little bit of a competition, but sort of not a competition between the high points. We had 176 from Andy, who was second to last in points last week and then first in points this week. And then myself, who was dead last in points last week and second in points this week. So the fantasy football swing in full effect here. Um, going through last week, week two, we've got kickers are people two over Thundercats, 176 to 95.6. We've got this is the year over Pontiac Bandits. We've got Camper Dude over Hans Molman in sort of an upset matchup here. We've got Galus's Gents. Over Bone City, and then we've got Jake the Snake over Blood Brothers. But let's dive into the Kickers Are People 2 versus the Thundercats matchup first. Uh, this was definitely an interesting one, uh, mainly because it was Derrick Henry's day. And if you had any concerns about him week one, if you're doing any other leagues or anything like that, and you've got Derrick Henry in them, uh, Andy does not care about that because he has Derrick Henry in this one and this one alone. Matt Stafford has a pretty relative day with 18 points. Jalen Hurts, uh, Peel loves this guy. I know Peel is trying to get him in any place that he can. Uh, he does have the rushing potential. He looks sloppy passing the ball around, um, but but he did produce fantasy points, 21.8, beats his projection. Uh, ECR this upcoming week, QB7, we'll get into that later. Um, DK Metcalf having a real quiet start for Andy here, 11 points. DeAndre Hopkins, very quiet game for Nook. Uh, just one touchdown, 54 catches and four receptions, enough for 15 fantasy points. Robert Woods, another like kind of slow start to the season, but he's he's got a high floor. Doesn't matter. He's up against Cooper Cup on the opposite side of the ball, 37 fantasy points. You got Derrick Henry, most fantasy points scored this week all season, blah, 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 might be one of the more High, I mean, compared to the Tyler Lockett game we've seen last year, this is this one's up there, but not quite that high because I think Lockett had like what six million points. Derrick Henry forty-seven point seven, uh, Nick Chubb sixteen point eight. Nick Chubb putting up numbers though, ninety-five rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, just one catch. We know that he's not uh, going to be a big pass catcher out of the backfield. Alvin Kamara with a quiet day, four catches for twenty-five yards, five rushing yards. That's enough for seven fantasy points. I don't think he saw anything on the ground of value. Austin Eckler, nine catches, finally using him for receptions, 61 receiving yards and 54 rushing yards, 22 and a half. That's without a touchdown of the day. Austin Eckler looking really good. Uh, Tyler Higby, yuck, one for eight yards. Doesn't matter. Um, Noah Fant, 13.3. Good to see that Noah Fant's getting utilized in the offense here in his sophomore year. Uh, Julio Jones finally doing something six for 128, just burning, burning Seattle here. Um, they win 33, 30 Julio Jones looks like he's going to be a little bit more involved moving forward. 
Uh, A.J. Brown, 7.3, not his day. Both in the flex spot here for Thundercats. <clears throat> then you got Pittsburgh's defense. It's always going to be a weird week, I guess, because Las Vegas is good now. I don't know. But New England's defense put up 19 points. I mean, four picks off the Jets. They, Zach Wilson is definitely seeing ghosts out there. Andy takes the day 176 to 95. Um, let's get to our next matchup. That was Camper Dude and Hans Molman. So this one was really close. I'm sure you guys followed a little bit closer than I did, as in Jeff and Jeff and Mick. Uh, it looks like Mick just squeaked away with this one, maybe even last second here. Uh, Joe Burrow, just 14 points. Dak Prescott, just eight. He threw 237 yards and a pick. Very different from his week one stat line. Amari Cooper, also a non-benefactor of Dak's play. Um they did establish the run a little bit more, but when we get to Jake's team, we'll go over this. It seems like maybe he knew something we all didn't know and that Tony Pollard was going to be a thing this year. I doubt it. I don't think Jake knew that at all because I don't think anybody knew that, but it looks like Tony Pollard is a good flex play this year. Uh, I digress. Allen Robinson, just 10. Mari Cooper, the five. You got Tyree Kill from Mick with just five. You've got 31 points from Tyler Lockett. That, that, Offense is built around Tyler Lockett. Fire him up every week. He's he's a oh man. I mean he's a he's a WR one, right? He kind of has to be. He's top twelve. So yeah, I mean Tyler Lockett. Uh, it's weird for me to say WR one, but he's in that territory. Um, I love the usage of Joe Mixon. I don't love that he only gets eight fantasy points. I mean sixty nine rushing yards, one catch for two yards he's got to get used more in the passing game christian mccaffrey's two running backs and one 25 points here um chris carson 15 points he has been good the sneaky thing with chris carson and i'm not trying to downplay chris carson everybody knows what he's capable of it is all rushing touchdowns there has not been a lot of what chris carson's producing this year that has not been rushing Kenyon drake um he he got dished away from jeff this was the last week that jeff used him uh, 10 points, and it uh, looks like um, Josh Jacobs is going to be out this upcoming week, so Ryan, the benefactor of that trade, will probably be able to plug and play Kenyon Drake. I'm not sure confidently, but you'll be able to play Kenyon Drake. Gronkowski, another two-touchdown day, four for 39 yards. Just Tom knows how to use him, and he's going to. Uh, Kyle Pitts looking like he's coming along five for 73 getting used in Atlanta's offense. I like the uptick in targets. I think he'll continue to get better and use more. He's got a good matchup coming up this upcoming week. Mike Williams, another good play for Mick here in a flex spot. Mike Williams with 22 fantasy points. Uh, Corey Davis, unfortunately, two for eight. Obviously, that game was very uh, lopsided. 25-6 to six is the final of New England versus the Jets, and Corey Davis really didn't see anything out of it. Arizona with just one sack for Jeff, so one point in total. And then Washington with three. That's a low-scoring matchup, but Mick takes it 97.78 to 96.98. We have to go through the decimal points because it was that damn close. Uh, moving on to the next matchup here. Uh, we've got Pontiac Bandits, and this is the year. Ah, wow. Ryan is 0-2 this year. Jake is 1-1. One one. Jake obviously taking this one. Uh, Jameis Winston with just 10 fantasy points for for Jake, Patrick Mahomes for 25. You've got Stefan Diggs on Ryan's side of the ball for 16. You've got Calvin Ridley for 20. Um, 
Let's actually, let's just go through the rest of Ryan's list here so we don't keep bouncing back and forth. DJ Moore with 22, Damian Harris for 14, Naheem Hines for 3.2, George Kittle with 5.7, Devontae Adams for 20, and then Los Angeles for 8. So here's the big thing to keep in mind here, right? You've got 16 points out of Stefan Diggs. <clears throat> Excuse me. He'll continue to see, that's like his floor. That's one receiving touchdown at 60 yards and four catches. It's not a big day for him against Miami, but they won 35 to nothing. So like they didn't need to use him. He's still getting you 16 points. That's phenomenal work. Uh, DJ Moore coming around, eight catches, 79 yards, uh, receiving touchdown to boot. DJ Moore looks like the real deal. They won against New Orleans here. Um, DJ Moore actually had 11 targets this game and the eight prior to that. The touchdown obviously helps quite a bit, but the volume is there. Damian Harris, um, yeah, I mean, he needs to be involved in the passing game much more. He has 16 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. In week one, he had 23 attempts for 100 yards, no touchdown. So I think we're kind of seeing his floor-ish here. Um, maybe not quite. His floor is going to be just a tad lower than that, but Damian Harris is looking very solid, especially for the draft capital that you spent on him. Naheem Himes, not so much. Uh, definitely playing third behind Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. I think Naheem Himes in a 10-man league is a drop candidate. George Kittle, not his best day. Hasn't looked great in the first two outings, especially with all the stuff that's going on with the running backs. I'm surprised. He's only seen nine targets all year. He's got eight catches. So, you know, it just needs to be a touchdown for him to do anything incredibly relevant fantasy-wise. But... Uh, yeah, he better days ahead. I think he's a breakout candidate. Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. Uh, for anybody that was panicking on him, obviously not in this league uh, in week one. Needs to hit the pause button for a second because Green Bay, so offense, I reluctant to say being a Giant Bears fan, obviously they're going to be just fine. All right, other side of the ball, Jameis Winston, one rushing touchdown, 111 passing yards, and two interceptions. I mean, it's Jameis Winston. So if you thought week one just because they looked really good against Green Bay, you're kind of fooling yourself. Like, we've seen Jameis play for a really long time. He is what he is. He's going to throw picks, but he's also going to throw a lot of touchdowns, too. I'm surprised he gets a rushing touchdown. But, you know, like I said, this this is Jameis Winston at his finest. He uh, clearly didn't have the air yards that he needed, but he also doesn't have the targets he had in Tampa before Brady took over in that job, and we see what Brady's doing this year. Um, Calvin Ridley, seven for 63. He's the only Falcon that you can confidently play. I think maybe other than, than Pitts. Um, but yeah, Calvin Ridley is the only guy that you could play. And even then I'm a little scared. He's going to see some shadow coverage later on in the season. Uh, Keenan Allen, solid play. This guy is going to go over 1200 yards this year. He's got 108 on four catches. He doesn't even need the volume to do uh, a milestone day like that. Dalvin Cook is is fantastic. He's doing the same damn thing he does every freaking year where in the same game, I watch him go down, and Peel points this out too. I mean, this is just, he goes down, and it looks like he's out for the season, but he's back in the next damn play. Or like he's out for two plays, and then he's back in. You just, the severity of the injury compared to how quickly he gets back in is so misleading. I'm terrified for Dalvin Cook owners. I'm terrified for Dalvin Cook. I don't have as big of injury concerns as most people do. I think it's unfair. He rushes hard. He plays hard. 131 rushing yards, two catches for 17 yards. Yeah, he 16.8 points without a touchdown. Give me that all day. Tony Pollard with 23 points. 
109 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, and 31 receiving yards. Let's talk about Tony Pollard. It's my opinion, and who am I to say because Jake is one and one playing Tony Pollard, but it is my opinion that Tony Pollard is a fantastic flex play. If you're relying on him for your RB2, that's fine in a 10-man league. As long as you've got a good wide receiver to be in your flex spot, you'll be okay. Um, so I would I would just say fire up Tony Pollard as much as you possibly can. Uh, Travis Kelsey, tight end number one. Um, as a matter of fact, Gronk has four touchdowns this year. Travis Kelsey's still a tight end number one on the year. <laughs> like, it's crazy to me. Kelsey has three touchdowns. He's got eight targets this past week. Yeah, well, one touchdown this past week, but three on the year. Eight targets, seven catches, 109 yards. It's it's Travis Kelsey. Like, this guy is a cheat code for tight end positions. And he's ageless, too. Uh, Robbie Anderson, typically a good flex play. Not the best day for him. Three for 38. Uh, not sure what's going on with Robbie Anderson. Buffalo's defense coming around. They didn't let up a single point against Miami. They had six sacks. They recovered two fumbles. Yeah, 22 points. So Jake takes the day, 136 to 113 over Ryan. Um, yeah, better days ahead, I think, for Pontiac Bandits. Their team's very good. Obviously needs to upgrade the running back position a little bit, but wide receivers are solid for Pontiac Bandits, so no worries for them moving forward. Let's go to Blood Brothers and Jake the Snake here. Um, Blood Brothers loses this one, uh, 161 <clears throat> to 115. Tom Brady, MVP candidate. Tom Brady, age 44, that beautiful, beautiful man for Jake the Snake here. Uh, we're going to go through my team first, and then we'll get over to Zach and Sean's. We've got Tom Brady, Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, Antonio Gibson, Aaron Jones, Robert Tunyon, DeAndre Swift, and the Baltimore defense. So 30 points from Brady, 30 points from McLaurin, 24 points from Evans, uh, 10 points from Gibson, 42 points or 41.5 points for Jones, Tunyon with 14, Swift with 12, and Baltimore's defense sort of laying an egg with three, but they were playing against the city. So, uh, yeah, I don't worry about that one too much. Um, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady looks fantastic this year. I, I drafted him um, figuring that, and I've had conversations with Gav about this before. Uh, he's my he's my QB3 on the entire year, and it's not because Tom Brady is, like, better in fantasy than any other quarterback. I mean, he's... He's got so much to work with on that offense. It's undeniable what he can pull off. And then I mean, even more, even Stonehands Leonard Fournette is going out on passing routes here. It's just obnoxious that the team is coached well. They won forty-eight to twenty-five versus Atlanta. Uh, they'll have a tougher matchup this week. Terry McLaurin continuing to look fantastic. He had eleven catches, one hundred and seven receiving yards, and one receiving touchdown. He gets a much harder matchup this week, but love Terry McLaurin. Uh, fantastic catch week one, two. He's just very good. Uh, Mike Evans has his little bit of uh, retaliation, or I should say, bounce back game this week. Mike Evans goes two receiving touchdowns, seventy-five yards on just five catches for twenty-five points. Um, Antonio Gibson still hasn't had a touchdown this year. Volume's there, averaging over four and a half yards per carry. Uh, like the volume quite a bit. Touchdowns will come. Aaron Jones, three touchdowns, 67 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown, and I'm pretty sure he had a receiving touchdown too. I mean, it was just, yeah, absolutely crazy. 17 for 67, and then uh, six catches for 50. 
uh, his three touchdowns were all receiving touchdowns, and then the the one was a rushing touchdown. Aaron Jones had a great day. He was the second running back. Derrick Henry still outproduced him with less touchdowns. So just for context, by six points. Robert Tunyon, very, very touchdown dependent. He does get a touchdown, 52 receiving yards and three catches. He, this guy's going to have some really bad days, um, but he's going to have some good days. He's just touchdown dependent. Most tight ends are. That's that's why I drafted him where I drafted him. Okay, let's be real. I drafted him because he was the only thing left because Galus took all the tight ends. Or should I say the computer took all the tight ends. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 41 receiving yards, four catches, 37 rushing yards. Detroit is bad, bad, bad. I want maybe two pieces on this offense, maybe three. Depends on the week. I guess I would take Jared Goff in a pinch if I don't have a quarterback just because, believe it or not, he is the league's leading passer at this moment, which is crazy to think about because it's Jared freaking Goff, but he is. Um, I think we're seeing Swift's floor. Right here with the 11 points, he's he's going to be involved when they're behind. He's going to be involved when they're ahead. It's a committee with him and Jamal Williams, but I like Swift more than Williams in that offense. So he's a good flex play in, in some cases. Maybe not always. He'll be a good RB2. Um, Baltimore, don't need to go through. Josh Allen, not the best day, not the worst day. I think you drafted him higher to get more out of him. 17.6 points from... Josh Allen, he's got two passing touchdowns, 180 yards and 35 rushing yards. Justin Jefferson, uh, I like to see he's got six catches and a touchdown. I know the first week for Justin Jefferson wasn't all that great because it was stealing Thielen. Um, and Thielen had another good week too, I believe. Chris Godwin with 16 and a half points. I mean, of the three receivers, Chris Godwin's the one to own because I feel like on the circus that is this receiving core, Godwin will probably end up having the most consistency. It'll bounce back between Antonio Brown and it'll bounce back between Mike Evans. I've got both those guys. I have one starting and one sitting. It's just going to be circulating which one's going to, I think, have the good week. <clears throat> but Godwin's going to be that that beacon of consistency, I think. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, in general, has been frustrating this year. He's got 18 points in the first week. Still no touchdowns. 17 rushing attempts in the first week. 15 in the second week. He hasn't gotten over 60 yards, uh, <clears throat> but he is seeing some passing work too. I think for where he's been drafted in like RB2 territory, he'll be just fine. One catch for two yards is not enough. He needs to be utilized to pass more and run more routes. But they do use Hines and they do spell with Mac. So um, I think it is a three-headed monster, unfortunately, in Indianapolis. Zeke, on the other hand, I think Zeke is officially moving into RB2 territory because Tony Pollard has looked very good and Zeke has not when it comes to running the ball. I still think Zeke is great on pass protection. I still think Zeke is is good <clears throat> running routes. He's he's obviously a good pass catcher, but they're going to use Tony Pollard. He's going to get more. Tony Pollard, There's no reason for Tony Pollard not to get more opportunities this upcoming week. It's like he didn't not prove that he should get those opportunities. And with Zeke having had fumble concerns last year, I think this was all part of Mike McCarthy's game plan was to get Tony Pollard more involved. It's a longer season this year, too. He probably doesn't want to keep Zeke in that complete workhorse role later in the season. I think Dallas is really making a push for it. I don't think they're there yet for Super Bowl contenders, but they are trying to make that push. And 
they do have some weapons to do it. Um, I think you got to get a lot more out of Zeke than 71 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, 26 receiving yards um, in order for him to be where he was drafted. But Zeke is still amongst the best if he is utilized the way that we all know that he should be utilized. So um, T. Higgins, he's questionable this upcoming week. He's 6 for 60 and a receiving touchdown, 16 fantasy points. Tampa Bay with 19 points, two touchdowns. <laughs> Tampa Bay, two touchdowns, three picks, and a sack. Uh, yeah, so two pick sixes in that game. Uh, like I said, Atlanta looks absolutely awful. 19 points from defense. Still not enough, 161 to 115. And then uh, going through the last matchup in week two, we've got Bone City and Galus' Gents. So this is the upset. This is the darling story of the season. I don't know how much longer this is going to last, but I want every part of this roller coaster ride that is Ryan Galus's Ryan Galus's fantastical computer algorithmic pick here. Uh, if he wins this year with 70 bucks draft capital left over, I I don't know what I'm going to... I have to reassess my entire fantasy football career. Kyler Murray is a cheat code. This guy has 35 points, 400 freaking passing yards, 300 passing touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. Not only can he do it through the air, he can do it on the ground. This guy is my MVP candidate for the year, and I know I've said that before, I'm going to record it. I want it down. I've got a bet with Peel. Peel says Josh Allen. I says Kyler Murray. That was prior to the season starting so far. Kyler Murray's the guy. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Deontay Johnson did get injured. Doesn't look like he'll play this week, even though Mike Tomlin is being a little facetious about it. And he usually isn't. He's usually straightforward about injuries. Tomlin is not really. I mean, he says, like, yeah, he's trending in the right direction, but that doesn't mean he's great, I think was the quote. Something close to that. Adam Thielen, uh, six for a touchdown and 40 yards. I mean, without the touchdown, it's what I expect Adam Thielen to be doing this year. Kareem Hunt, 6.3. Miles Gaskin, 8.6. Not getting a lot for the running backs here. Um, Mark Andrews with 10.7. It's crazy that Hawkinson's not starting, but it looks like Galus is going to make that adjustment. Logan Thomas, another tight end, and another flex here. Uh, he comes up with uh, nine and a half points. And then the San Francisco defense, who was playing the Eagles, uh, they come away with eight points. They got two sacks and a block kick. That's how they, they put together their day that day. So Galus comes about with uh, 113.6. Bone City, Aaron Rodgers got 26 points. That's a turnaround from week one. See Lamb, another great day, 81 catches. Right, not 81 catches. 81 receiving yards, 8 catches, 13 rushing yards. If you had 81 catches, I would just quit fantasy altogether. That's too much. <clears throat> Debo Samuel. Yeah, I mean, boy, I thought Brandon Ayuk was going to be the guy, but it's definitely Debo. Debo with 16 points, um, 8 rushing yards, too. I mean, they do this. Like, that's the way San Francisco's offense operates. They occasionally get a wide receiver back that'll run. Najee Harris with a great day. This is exactly why you drafted him. He's got a receiving touchdown, five catches, 40. He's the only guy in that backfield. I get that they lost against uh, the Raiders, and and the game was kind of crazy. Pittsburgh is not the team that they were. Ben Roethlisberger does not look good. I thought Ben was going to have a good year, but he does not look like he's going to have a good year. He's dealing with a pec injury now, too, so... uh, I'm not sure what that does to Harris's value moving forward. They're probably going to depend on the run even a little bit more. Pittsburgh's always wanted to be a running team. And with Deontay Johnson potentially being out too, I think I think they're going to have to rely on Harris more than they want to. 
But yeah, Harris is a great play moving forward. No concerns there. Montgomery, I remember talking to Brett about Montgomery a few years back. I know Brett is super high on him. I was incredibly low on him. I was definitely wrong about it. Montgomery looks great. He has turned a corner, in my opinion. I think Brett always thought he was around that corner. I think he's turned a corner. For me, my issue with Montgomery has always been Tariq Cohen, but Cohen is a non-factor because he's recovering from injury right now and was injured all last year for the most part. Um, so you really get to see what Montgomery is, is, is all about. And a beacon of an example on this too is volume is absolutely king. You, you can't get a good running back like David Montgomery going if you don't give him more than 15 touches in a game. He needs the opportunity to do something with it. Those extra five touches he gets to get those 20, that's what Montgomery needs in order to be special. And he is special. Um, not so much. Uh, he's got three catches for 18 yards, 61 rushing yards, no touchdown, 10 points. That's his floor. We're seeing it. No concerns there. Darren Waller, we absolutely saw his floor this week too, and it's 11 and a half points. So like Darren Waller is uh, no concern to me. Okay. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Here's a guy who was really high on to start the season. Um, he has not looked good. This offense clearly can function incredibly well without having him be good or bad. They don't need him to be doing anything in order to, to do their job effectively. Like I don't think it's in Kansas city's game script to get the run going. You know, like right now, they don't they don't need to fire on all cylinders. They just need to rely on Mahomes and this high octane offense between Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey to get things moving along. Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is not built into that, so I, I faded him quite a bit. He was one of my top picks going into the year, just because I figured they would be in the red zone a lot. They'd utilize him, but they're just not. They don't need to. They're going to use Kelsey. Um, so I, you may have to bench him this upcoming week. I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is. Um, I, you know, he's going up against the chargers, not going to be a great week for him. I think the fumble definitely lost in the game. He might be on the shit list. We'll see, uh, Cleveland's defense, not so great. Um, but also not bad. I mean, it was what you expected a little bit better from Houston basically is, is what I mean. They come away with five points. They should have had a lot more than that. So Brett loses by a small margin of four or five points here. 113, 109 is the final score. And that's the week two recap. Uh, let's jump right into the week three matchups here. Uh, we've got some really good ones here. I think things are going to start coming back down to earth a little bit here. Um, we've got Pontiac Bandits and Jake the Snake. That's the closest matchup to me this week. You've got Blood Brothers and Hans Molman. You've got Bone City, and this is the year. You've got Camper Dude, and people are kickers too. Or kickers are people too. Uh, you've got Galus's Gents and Thundercats. So we'll go from the bottom to the top. Thundercats and Galus's Gents. Galus is sitting in first. I know I said this. We're going to ride this wave while we still can. I think he gets handed his tushy this week. Uh, you've got Peel projected to get 134, according to Yahoo, to 119. Uh, I've got the line at 136 to 117, so in favor of Peel. Jalen Hurts, QB7 on the week to me. He is good enough. He gets a lot of yards on the ground. I don't think he's overtly special but he's certainly in the top 10 consideration i don't think anybody really had him up there other than peel because i like i said i know he's gone after him in a couple spots and playing a monday night game you know maybe we'll see some flashes you know guys tend to play a little bit differently on thursday and prime or just prime time games in general it's d hop wide receiver three for the week he's playing jacksonville yeah he's gonna smoke these guys aj brown against the colts another good matchup 
He's like right outside of WR1 territory. Got him at WR13 on the week. Nick Chubb, RB7 going against Chicago. Chicago's D looked good last week, but I think we saw some smokescreen stuff. I think that we were just getting lucky. Alvin Kamara, um, he hasn't been phenomenal all year. I mean, that first game, yeah, he was great. The second game, he wasn't great at all, and it didn't look like he was being utilized when he should have. I hope they turn it around. New England's a tough defense to turn it around on. Belichick knows how to stop playmakers like Kamara, so I still got He's RB3 this week. Like, there's, there's, there's no denying that he has no fant against the Jets. Tight end seven on the week. I still think he's going to have a breakout game. I think tight end seven's too low, but that's where I've got him this week. Robert Woods, great flex position, great flex play against the Bucks. They're probably going to need him. Um, I know Bobby Trees has not been utilized like Cup has been, but he's still being used well, and he also is still generating points. So I think we're seeing his floor at 12, which is basically what he's had past two weeks. He was 4-3 and a touchdown in the first week, 12.4, and then he was nine targets for five catches uh, for 64 yards in week two and no touchdown. So 12.4 and 12, respectively. Pittsburgh's defense up against Cincinnati. That's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is really good, uh, barring some injuries here. Um, other side of the ball, you've got my QB1 this week, which is Kyler Murray. Tough to fade him at all. I mean, I think he's going to be QB1 for most of these matchups, but he's playing Jacksonville. Like, what a juicy spot. Dude, this guy's just going to run. I think he might run four rushing touchdowns. Adam Thielen, I'm going to fade him a bit, but I'm also going to give him more props. He's playing Seattle. Seattle's defense is not what they were. Um, he'll be WR18 for the week. He'll get 16 points. Kenny Galladay, I think, could be a good... Uh, yeah, the hip injury is a concern for me. I don't... Especially after last year. Like, I don't want to see anything else going on with Kenny Galladay's hip. Right now, he's questionable. He's WR37. He may not play this game. I actually more expect him not to play this game with his mispractices this week. Um, I don't think the Giants care enough to try to put him at risk to get out there. And if he does, he's more likely just going to be a distraction than anything. I don't think he's going to go up and try and catch any passes. Maybe one, maybe two. But, yeah, that's it. Kareem Hunt. Against Chicago, you really hope for a touchdown out of this. He's RB24 to me. You're just waiting for a Nick Chubb injury. Probably not proudly, hopefully. Miles um, Gaskin, RB21 against the, the Raiders. He could certainly do something. Um, love Miles Gaskin. I think he's really talented. I just think that backfield's just muddy. Mark Andrews, tight end five. And then TJ Hawkinson, who is an absolute stud, tight end number three in the week. So tight end three and five. It's interesting to do this with your flex, but when you've got three tight ends, that's what you can do. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like the the play this week. Um, Denver's defense up against the Jets. That's the number one defense this week, but I still think Peel hands this one, 136 to 117. Moving on to the next matchup, we've got Camper Dude versus Kickers are People too. It's actually the next closest matchup here next to Miner and Ryan's. Um, Yahoo's got the line at 127 to 124 in favor of Andy. I've got the line 130.6 to 119 for Andy. Going through Andy's uh, lineup here, Matt Stafford, Metcalf, Cup, Henry, Eckler, Higby, Jones. Uh, that's Julio Jones. Uh, and then New England. So... Stafford, QB 11, Metcalf 6, Cup 10, uh, Henry 4, Eckler 5, Higby 11, uh, Julio 20, and then uh, New England's defense is number 3 for the week. Um, 
yeah, those those guys are all going to make a good combination for 130 points. On the other side of the ball, you've got Mick being shrewd with the Daniel Jones play at quarterback. He is streaming quarterbacks this year. Mad props. <laughs> Look, I, Jones is actually okay. I have dignity, so I know what Jones is capable of and what Jones is not capable of. The problem I have is numbers don't lie, and Jones had 97 rushing yards last week. Jones has looked good. Jones is a good play this week. It's against Atlanta. He's going to have a lot of points again this week. If Saquon Barkley has a bad week this week, I think, okay, so I'm going to make another statement here, and it's a little off topic, but I think this is the last week if, if you're considering trading Saquon Barkley, Jeff. I think this is your last week to be able to do it and get something of value for it because of Daniel Jones. So it is relevant. I think Daniel Jones is going to be taking away rushing from Saquon Barkley. We've already seen it. And I hate to say it because Saquon Barkley so unbelievably talented. I think Daniel Jones looked better than Saquon did on the ground last week. I mean, he obviously did in the numbers, but he just – he. He was a better rusher. I it just it's that simple for me, and it sucks to say that, but he was. So I like Daniel Jones this week. I don't. He's not a top ten quarterback this week. He's still QB thirteen, but like Andy's playing the QB eleven, so it's a it's a tight matchup here. I like Stafford more than I like uh, Jones this week because they're going up against Tampa Bay. Is it a tougher matchup? Yes, but I I expect that game to be close where they're going to have to make some really unique throws and plays. And uh, that one's going to be a fun one to watch. Allen Robinson, he's 15. Tyree Kill is 2. Mixon is 10. Chris Carson, 12. Gronkowski, 9. Mike Williams, 24. And then the Vegas defense is 9. Um, Vegas' defense has turned a corner. They they do look good. But I don't know that I have them ranked in the top 5. As a matter of fact, I've got them in 9. Allen Robinson, let's talk first. Cleveland here, 15 is where I have them. WR2 territory, uh, 15.5 points. Yeah, I mean, that's a tougher matchup. Uh, Tyree Kill against the Chargers doesn't matter. He, it just does. He's so fast. WR2 on the week. Uh, Joe Mixon, he's the RB10. He's he's a clear-cut workhorse back. Love the volume he's getting this year. Opportunity will come. He's very talented. This is going to be Joe Mixon's year. We'll see it. Chris Carson against Minnesota. Uh, he's also up there. This is a cushy run defense. Don't be fooled by the Minnesota Vikings defense of past this will give me a great week for Chris Carson. He is a little touchdown dependent, but I still, you know, I got him at 15 and a half points here. And Yahoo's actually got it at the same. So Gronkowski, four touchdowns in two weeks. Okay, he's going to have another one this game. Um, tight end number nine for me. And then Mike Williams, who has been very good going up against Kansas City's defense. Kansas City's defense is actually pretty tough. So um, I do expect Mike Williams to have a pretty decent stat line, but I don't think he's going to score a touchdown. So. WR24, 14 and a half points for him. I've got, a, again, Andy at 130 to Mick 119 here. Uh, let's move on to the next matchup here. Andy's sitting in third place after that big win last week at 101. So a lot of tie records here. Mick is one of the only two people here in Galus, I guess I should say, are the, the two guys in first and second with 2-0 records. Uh, then we've got the This is the Year of Bone City. Go through Jake's roster here. Uh, he's playing Baker Mayfield this week for some reason. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, Dalvin Cook, Tony Pollard, Travis Kelsey, Latavius Murray, and Buffalo's defense. Um, 
just looking at your bench real quick, Jameis Winston on the bench. I mean, there are so many other good quarterback plays out there too. Uh, but it, hey, you know what? You want to play Baker Mayfield against Chicago? Go for it. I don't blame you for that. <clears throat> They've got uh, the line at one. 28 to 121. Mine's similar. Brett Brett will win 129 to 120 for me. Brett's got Aaron Rodgers, who's QB 10. San Francisco defense tough. I kind of think they're going to go back a little bit regression this week. I mean, it's obvious they'll do a little regression this week. San Francisco's defense is not a joke. Uh, CD Lamb for Brett, uh, WR 11. Sam, Debo Samuel, 19. Najee Harris, 8. David Montgomery, 16. Darren Waller, uh, the Walrus is number 2. CEH 18 reluctantly, and then Cleveland 7. Uh, Baker Mayfield, QB 19. Calvin Ridley 7. Keenan Allen 8. Dalvin Cook 2. Uh, Tony Pollard 36. Kelsey 1. Latavius Murray 38. And a Buffalo defense uh, 8 2. Jake is putting together a real scrappy team here. So I hate the Baker Mayfield play. I know I, I, I was on that before, but, you know, I, look, if that's if that's the move here against Chicago, I hope I get proven wrong, like I often do. Calvin Ridley is an absolute stud. Playing against the Giants, that guy is going to be fantastic. I mean, he's like, these are two top receivers this week, Keenan Allen in Kansas City. Like I said, I know their defense is no joke, but Keenan Allen's Keenan Allen. Like, he's going he's gonna to keep getting fed. Dalvin Cook, RB2 against Seattle. Their defense looked cushy. My, my concerns are... You know, he was not playing as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, he did not practice today. He was DNP. And we just don't know if we're even going to see him. Like, I don't know how important this is. They're, they're two games back already. The division is up in the air. Um, how important is your game against the Seahawks? Uh, you know, you're at home. So you're going to have a little favorite. Uh, you know, you're, the crowd does make a difference, I'm saying. So... Having Madison in there by this week, it's just something that you should monitor very closely. I don't know if Madison got picked up or not. I'm assuming he did. Tony Pollard, like I said, is a fantastic flex play, uh, but Latavius Murray sitting in a flex spot. Look, Tony Pollard has looked really good this year, and it, it will probably keep happening. Like I said, he's earned more opportunities. Travis Kelsey is undeniably the tight end number one. We talked about that earlier. Latavius Murray, um, yeah, Taysom Williams is definitely the back to own in Baltimore. Latavius Murray just being there a couple weeks. Um, he was cut from the Saints this year, and he's getting up there in age. I don't think he's anything special. I think there's better options here, um, but depth is not a huge thing on Jake's bench here. So Latavius Murray is probably one of the better plays that he can. If Robbie Anderson's good, I'd play him tonight uh, in a regular receiver position and move Calvin Ridley or Keenan Allen to the flex spot, but uh, yeah, you do you. So um, moving on, we'll get to Blood Brothers and Hans Molman. So Blood Brothers, Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson. Well, here we'll do Josh Allen's five, Jefferson nine, Godwin 17, Taylor nine, Elliott 11, Goddard 10, Higgins, T. Higgins, 25, also questionable, and Tampa Bay's defense, 13. On the other side of the ball, Dak Prescott, 6. Lockett, 5. Uh, I love this, but also hate this, too. Rondell Moore, uh, I've got him at 38, but we'll get to that. CMC, 1. Saquon Barkley, 13. Kyle Pitts, 6. Amari Cooper, 12. And Arizona, 6. 
So it's no secret. I think Jeff drafted very well. Jeff Lou, to be honest. I don't think Jeff really had anything to do with it because his ear was glued to that phone. But uh, it's it's a it's a very well put together team where you're taking a lot of chances on guys to be good that ended up being good. So like Dak Prescott, there was a question mark on him coming into the year about his ankle. Did he did he play well last week? No, but the game script didn't really call for that. In week one, he showed us what he's capable of. So Dak will be fine the rest of the year. Tyler Lockett, like everybody fades this guy every year. And then, I don't know, my biggest concern, or the thing that I always avoid Tyler Lockett for, I don't know why I'm trying to make my justifications, but like without a deep ball, he's nothing. But the thing is, he always gets a freaking deep ball. So what difference does that make? Like, does he get less targets? Sure. But does he get a target for 99 yards because Russ can throw that far? Oh, absolutely. And he does. Um, I'm going to jump more for just a second going to cmc i'm they're playing tonight against houston I, he'll have all the points and i think he'll have all the points like through the weekend so unfortunately it's just not a good week to be playing against jeff um saquon barkley has an absolute get right spot this week he's just still listed as questionable they're easing him back into the offense he needs to have a good week and he should have a good week cal pitts against the giants we saw him come on last week um, I do like the usage. He's de- he's definitely the number two target on the team. He's had 14 targets all year. Uh, you love to see a tight end get upwards of six targets. He hit six last week for five catches and 73 yards. Uh, the guy is very good. Amari Cooper, um, yeah, I mean, he went 38 points and then five points. This is Amari Cooper. Like, this is what he does. So next week, I expect him to have 20. That, that, he's just going to be all over the place. It's not even an up and down. It's like... Anywhere you throw the dart, he'll land on, and that's where he's going to be that week. Arizona's defense against Jacksonville is a great play this week, too. Okay, Rondale Moore. So here's a guy that Kyler, you've got Kyler Murray throwing to him, so that's number one. He goes five targets in week one, four catches for 68 yards. In week two, he goes eight catches, I'm sorry, eight targets, seven catches on 114 yards and a touchdown. This guy is fast. This guy is a great route runner. He gets behind his man, and he just burned him. If you watch the game, he looked very good. Um, without breaking him down further, I know some other podcasts have talked about how sneaky good he is. Just having watched his highlight reel, he, he looks like he could be special. It's going to be hard to have two mouths to feed on that offense, but the way that Kyler Murray has been playing, it is more than possible. So I think starting more this week over Corey Davis, Jamar Chase. Uh, these are guys that are on his bench. Um, you know, Wilson over Osborne. Uh, Michael Thomas still on COVID-19 and and on IR. I don't think he can come back until like game 10 this year. Um, yeah, Rondo Moore looks very good. So um, a good play for Jeff. I've got, again, Jeff. They've got him at 132 to 118. I got it closer. It's 129 to 122 in favor of the Jeffs. Jeff squared, if you will. Okay, moving on to the next matchup here. We've got myself and Pontiac Bandis, which is the last matchup of the week. So we'll go through Ryan's team here. He's going to play Lamar Jackson. So I think he did something to me today because he was he was texting me while I was at Target. He's like, hey, man, Mahomes or Jackson? I was like, oh, well, you know, I think Mahomes... By the way, he's sitting Patrick Mahomes as of this moment. So that's that's the world we live in. You guys all took two quarterbacks this year. It baffles me, but you all took two quarterbacks this year. God bless. 
Um, Lamar Jackson's QB2. Patrick Mahomes is three. Lamar Jackson is playing Detroit. He's going to stomp him. Doesn't matter. I mean, this isn't like a hard decision to make. It just drives me batshit crazy that Patrick Mahomes is sitting on somebody's bench. Ugh, gross. Okay, QB2. Uh, Diggs, four. DJ Moore, 14. Damian Harris, 20. Kenyon Drake, 29. Kittle, four. Devontae Adams, one. And then the Rams defense, 11. Uh, Rams defense is just outside the top 10 because they're playing Tampa Bay. Lamar Jackson, like I said, he's going to have all those points. He's going to run. He's going to pass. He's going to look good. He's going to look like his MVP self. If they're playing in prime time, it would be insane. I'm, I'm thankful at the very least they're playing at noon. So we get to see this one unfold before I start getting too invested in the fantasy day. Um, Stefan Diggs, they're going up against Washington. That defense is really good up front, but I'm not so sure about uh, their corners. I, I, Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs. Like he's going to ball out. DJ Moore looked really good. He's playing in it against Houston. That guy is going to have a great game. Uh, Damian Harris coming along very well. Absolutely just stunning for where you drafted him to what you're getting out of him. And I think they're going to keep leaning on that, especially with a rookie quarterback. Kenyon Drake, not so much, but Josh Jacobs is out, so he'll get a lot more work this week. We talked about that. George Kittle, breakout candidate, mentioned that too. He's going to have a good week this week. Devontae Adams against San Francisco. Doesn't matter where you are. It's a primetime game, Sunday night football. San Francisco, I hate to say Green Bay is competitive, but they absolutely are. Um, that will be a good game. Devontae Adams is going to get fed more than he did because Aaron Jones got all the attention last week. Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, L.A. is playing Tampa Bay. So on the other side of the ball, we've got Tom Brady, 8, McLaurin, 16, Evans, 22, Gibson, 14, Swift, 15, Tunyon, 13, Jones, 6, and then Carolina, 2. So Tom Brady, QB, 8. He's playing his first really tough defense. Uh, I think they're going to establish the run a little bit more to get things going, but that's tough when you got Sam Darwin on the other side of the ball. He'll still have two or three touchdowns this game. I'm not ultra concerned, but I think we're going to see more of his floor here, probably anywhere between 18 and 22 points. Terry McLaurin, on the other hand, uh, dude, this guy is playing Buffalo. Their defense is really good, but it is Terry McLaurin. It's hard to fade him as much as I have him at 16 here, but um, he's still going to put up 16 points. I mean, they don't have any other weapons to throw to you on that offense. Uh, Mike Evans. It doesn't look like Antonio Brown's going to play. He's on COVID reserve. So now you've dwindled the receiving core down a little bit. So Mike Evans will probably get shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so it could be a great Godwin day, or that could be the other way around. Like Jalen could shadow Godwin for all we know. He might not shadow anyone. He might just, you know, change the coverage up. Um, but I do like Mike Evans a little bit this week. Not so much. Tough to stomach. He'll have those up and downs. We all kind of knew that. That's why he went for as little as he did in the draft. Uh, Antonio Gibson, love the volume. Don't love the fact he hasn't seen touchdowns. It's going to be tougher this week, too, against Buffalo. He's going to take a little bit longer to come on this season, but when he does, it's going to be strong. DeAndre Swift, I think this guy is game-proof. Hopefully he can just get healthy and, and get his groin in check. Um, going up against Baltimore's defense is tough. Robert Tunyon, I do not want to play this guy at all. I cannot stand Tunyon the Onion. Um Aaron Jones in my flex 720 game against San Francisco. I mean, he'll still be fine, but it's it's a tougher matchup for him this week. And then Carolina's defense up against Houston on Thursday night football. Yeah, I, I want 20 points for my defense. I need 20 points for my defense. Um, I do want to point one thing out to everybody, okay? This was completely unintentional in the draft. This year I was just trying to get as much value from people as I could. I didn't really have specific people I had to own on my team. 
I have Tom Brady and Mike Evans, so I got a stack there. I've got Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson, an unintentional sort of stack there. It's not really a stack because they're not, you know, one to the other. So that's not great. I've got Aaron Jones and Robert Tunyon. What? Just what? So I, I, I'm in trade territory here. I, I have, I have put some feelers out there. I've been denied. I felt like I've made a very fair trade offer. Um, but I get it. I mean, everybody's really high on their own teams, and I'm, I'm sure everybody kind of hits that stone wall of like. Oh yeah, no, I value that guy. I drafted him, and you know he's clearly valuable. I expect big things. And again, I say the same thing. Like somebody wanted to make me an offer for you know Miles Sanders and, and or James Robinson or Brandon Ayuk on my bench. If you want to take a flyer on one of those guys, uh, you're gonna want something for a little bit less because they haven't really proven it yet. You know, like Miles Sanders looks flashy, but for all you know, he's he's not been amazing like he's 17 points week one seven points week two volumes kind of there but what are you gonna get for him you know so we'll see those are the matchups this week i've got uh let's go back to this so the zero and two pontiac bandits versus the one and one jake the snake here uh yahoo's got the line 125 to 123 i've got it wider than that uh i have ryan in favor 128 to 120 um still close but uh no cigar i think i'm gonna go one and two this week and join the the bottom up club here be probably in seventh or the eighth place um we won't go through any future matchups this week we won't go through waivers been a relatively long one today uh good luck on your matchups tonight watch that game tonight it's gonna be a fun one at least from the the defense's perspective and uh, i will catch you all next week